ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد carrying on then with العقيده الطحاويه of al-Imam al-Tahawi with the explanation of Ibn Abil Iz al-Hanafi we come to the statement now ma zala bi sifatihi qadiman qabla khalqihi aw qabla khalqihim lam yazdad bi kawnihim shay'an lam yakun qablahum min sifatihi وَكَمَا كَانَ بِصِفَاتِهِ أَزَلِيًّا كَذَلِكَ لَا يَزَالُ عَلَيْهَا أَبَدِيًّا Here now Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Al-Hanafi says that مَا زَالَ بِصِفَاتِهِ قَدِيمًا قَبْلَ خَلْقِهِمْ That Allah has always had His attributes of perfection even before the creation of creation. Allah has always been upon that perfection of attributes and it d- does not increase Allah in any way from having created the creation it does not increase Allah in any attributes upon creating the creation Allah has always had all of the attributes of perfection So just as Allah has always had those attributes of perfection, Allah will always have into the future, infinitely, those attributes of perfection. أي أن الله سبحانه وتعالى لم يزل متصفا بصفات الكمال that Allah has always had the attributes of perfection. وَلَا يَجُوزْ أَنْ يَعْتَقِدْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ وُصِفَ بِصِفَةٍ بَعْدَ أَنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ مُتَّصِفًا بِهَا And it is not possible for you to believe that Allah never had a certain attribute at one point and then became attributed with that after a certain point. Allah has always had all of the attributes of perfection. So you do not believe Or have as your aqeedah that Allah never used to have certain attributes of perfection and then only got those attributes of perfection later or after creating the creation. It doesn't work in that way. We believe Allah has always had all of the attributes of perfection. Always in the past, infinitely into the future. Always have, has had those attributes of perfection. And that is by very nature how we say the attributes of perfection. They are perfection in that regard in of itself. That Allah has always had them. The perfection becomes an imperfection if those attributes have not been always with Allah. They've only temporarily been with Him or only from a certain point been with Allah then the perfection and the completion of the perfection is then somewhat reduced 
So the full perfection, the absolute completion and perfection of the attributes of Allah is that Allah has always had those attributes and always will. Somebody may say though, but what about certain characteristics or certain attributes that only occur at certain times? There are certain things that Allah only does at certain times. It is mentioned that Allah does certain things. Allah tells us, so for example, the very act of creating this creation. It is an attribute of Allah that He creates, the attribute of creation. But this creation occurred at a certain point. So does that mean Allah didn't have the attribute of creating before He actually created the creation because there was nothing created before that? Everybody understand the point? One of the attributes of Allah is the attribute of creating, creation. Allah creates. Before this creation was created, then that attribute, are we going to say it was non-applicable, non-existent, because before the creation was created, then the attribute of creating wasn't in play. Is that what we say? No doubt, yes, at a certain point, the creation occurred. At a certain point, this occurred. But that doesn't mean we say that Allah was deficient of this attribute prior to that. Allah has always had the attributes of perfection, but from all of those attributes of perfection, Allah may choose to do certain things at certain times. Like Allah descends in the last third of the night, and Allah created the creation at that point when He created the creation. But that doesn't mean that His attributes were ever limited or restricted by times or periods. Allah has always had the perfection of the attributes, but Allah chooses to do certain things at certain points and times. So that is not an issue. وَنَحْوِ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ وَوَصَفَ بِهِ رَسُولُهُ وَإِن كُنَّا لَا نُدْرِكُ كُنْهَهُ حَقِيقَتَهُ الَّتِي هِيَ تَأْوِيلُهُ وَلَا نَدْخُلُ فِي ذَلِكَ مُتَأْوِيلِينَ بِآرَائِنَا وَلَا مُتَوَهِّمِينَ بِأَهْوَائِنَا Ibn Abil Izdan mentions the same point we've been mentioning again and again. He says with all of these attributes of perfection, we don't know the details and the descriptions of them. And uh, as a consequence, we accept them as they are. We don't try to interpret with our own interpretations. We don't try to imagine with our imaginations. لكن أصل معناه معلوم لنا. But the basic meaning of the attributes is known to us. That Allah has the attribute of creating. Basically, we know what creation creating is. Allah has the attribute of al-istiwa, Allah rose above. We know what rising above basically means. Details of how and specifics and how does Allah do that, that we don't know. And that is what al-Imam Malik said, the famous statement. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi himself mentions it here. When al-Imam Malik, al-Imam Malik, uh, 
he was on one occasion uh, asked about the ayah, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ The ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in fact there's more than one ayah, when Allah tells us, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ That Allah rose above the throne. Several ayat in the Qur'an, in the sunnah, telling us that Allah rose above the throne. As is the aqidah of Ahl sunnah that Allah is above the creation. We're not going to say Allah is everywhere here mixed in with us. Allah is above and separate and distinct from the creation. And that is clearly what is befitting of the Lord, befitting of the Creator, that He is the Most High, above all of His creation. Not mixed in here, here, everywhere in the creation as they want you to believe. Allah is above and separate and distinct, above all of this creation. The throne of Allah, we know in the hadith it tells us, the throne of Allah is the ceiling of all of this creation. Everything, all of this creation, the throne of Allah is the ceiling on top of all of this creation. And then Allah is above that throne. Above the highest point of creation, the throne that is the ceiling of creation, Allah rose above the throne even. Above all of the creation. So that is the belief. So Imam Malik was asked on one occasion, that Allah rose above the throne. ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Imam Malik was asked, كَيْفَ اسْتَوَى How did Allah rise above the throne? This is a, 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 an event which occurred with Imam Malik on one occasion. person came to him, quoted the ayah to him, that Allah rose above the throne. ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Surah Al-A'raf The man said to Imam Malik, How did Allah, how does Allah rise above the throne? How does that work? How is that imagined? How, how is it? Al-Imam Malik replied by telling him, in fact, in the full version of the story, it tells you that when Imam Malik was asked that question, he became extremely agitated. And it tells you in some of the books of history when this event occurred, his face became red and he started sweating from agitation at this question. But then he replied to the man. And he said, Al-istiwa ma'loom. Allah rising above that as a concept is known. We understand the concept of the Lord of Allah, the Creator rising above, being above. That concept we understand. Al-istiwa ma'loom. But then Al-Imam Malik gave him the second point. The second point he told him was, وَالْكَيْفُ majhul. But how Allah does that, what's the imagination of how Allah rises above the throne, the details of that, that is unknown to us. We cannot imagine that. We cannot picture that. We cannot detail that. So point number one, Imam Malik told him in response was, the concept of Allah rising above the throne, the ayah you've quoted, that concept is known to us. That Allah rose above, Allah is the most high, that concept is known. How that occurs, how does Allah rise above the imagination of it, the details of it, that is unknown to us. 
We don't know of that. We can't picture, imagine that. We don't know the details of that though. Then he gave him a third point as well. The third point he gave him was, first two points so far now, we know the concept, we don't know the details of it though. Point three, Al-Imanu bihi wajib. That you must have Iman in this. All of the attributes of Allah, you must have Iman in them. You know the concept of them, you don't know the imagination and the detail of them, you must though have Iman in them upon the concept that you understand and know. And number four, the fourth point he gave him was, وَالسُؤَالُ عَنْهُ Asking these types of questions about the imagination and the details and the, the, the picturing of it, that is an innovation. It's an innovation for you to come along and say, how does Allah rise above the throne? How does Allah descend in the last third of the night? How is this attribute of Allah? How? What's the imagination, the picturing of it? That's an innovation. Why is that an innovation? Because the Sahaba, the Salaf, they never ever asked the Prophet ﷺ, how does Allah go above the throne? And how does Allah descend? And how? What's, how do we imagine that? The Salaf, the Sahaba never ever asked the Prophet ﷺ those questions. How do we know they never ever asked those questions? Because if they did, we would have them in the narrations, in the, uh, the reports, nothing. No narrations, no reports, not a single thing. Nothing. Why is there absolutely nothing, non-existent? Because they never asked those questions. It's inconceivable that on the core issues of aqidah, none of the sahaba would have asked these things. If none of them asked these things, or, or that they would have asked these things, and that we lost all of that. It's inconceivable that they could have asked about these issues of aqidah, and we've lost all of the reports. We haven't lost anything. There is nothing to have lost. They never asked the Prophet ﷺ these issues. How do we imagine Allah doing this or that? They never asked that, because they knew it is beyond what is required of us. It is beyond what Allah has placed upon us as our responsibility in worship. We have not been given the command to try and imagine how the attributes of Allah are. We've not been given the command to try and picture how all these attributes work. No, we haven't been told to do that. That's beyond the realm of the knowledge we've been given. So the Sahaba and the Salaf knew that. They knew that the concepts of these attributes are known to us. Allah rises above the throne, the concept of Allah rising above, that's clear. Rising above the Most High, clear. How the picturing, the imagination, the details, we don't know. Allah hasn't told us. But we have iman in it. You don't say, well, we don't know how to picture that, so we're not going to believe in it. No, we know the concept of it. We don't know how to picture it because Allah hasn't told us that. So we have iman in it as we do know of it in the concept. And number four, we don't start asking questions of how and the imagination and the details. That would be an innovation. What is the proof of that? Because the Sahaba and the Salaf, they never asked these things. And they would not have left core issues of aqidah untouched. With their zeal and their enthusiasm to learn the religion, they would not have left core issues of aqidah like this 
untouched. The fact that they did show something. It shows that they knew these are not issues for us to delve into. They are not issues that Allah has placed upon us as a burden of responsibility. Upon us is to believe in the attributes. We understand the concepts. Not to try and imagine anything about it. Not to start asking questions of how and what. But to have iman in it as it has come. So that is what Ibn Abi Al-Izz al-Hanafi mentions here. <coughs> then after that Al-Imam Al-Tahawi after discussing the issue of the attributes and the attributes being forever with Allah consistently from the past, future, always attributed with that perfection. Then he says, لَيْسَ مُنذُ خَلَقَ الْخَلْقَ إِسْتَفَادَ اسْمَ الْخَالِقِ وَلَا بِإِحْدَاثِهِ الْبَرِيَّ إِسْتَفَادَ اسْمَ الْبَارِي Here now he says that ever since Allah created the creation, It's not to be said that Allah was only the creator from when he created the creation. Allah is always, has always been the creator. You don't say Allah wasn't the creator up until he actually created. Allah has always had the attribute of creation. Similarly, the one who who created the earth and, and, and brought it together and put that together and controls all of that, sustains all of that, provides for all of that. You don't say Allah didn't have those attributes until He actually did it and made this earth and provided for them. The point here He's making is that the attributes of Allah, the attributes of perfection are always attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it cannot be said that Allah only has these attributes at a certain time without having them at a certain time other than that. It's also mentioned here لَهُ مَعْنَ الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَلَا مَرْبُوبِ وَمَعْنَ الْخَالِقِ وَلَا مَخْلُوقِ يعني أن الله تعالى موصوف بأنه الرب قبل أن يوجد مربوب This is like the example of الرب The name of Allah, الرب Allah is the Rabb The Rabb meaning the one who nurtures and creates and provides for his creation Before there was any creation Then was Allah Rabb there was no creation, nothing to provide for, sustain, nothing. Allah was still a Rabb. You cannot say before any of the creation existed, before Allah was providing or sustaining any of the creation, then there was no Rabb term for Allah. Allah is always and has always been a Rabb. So that is an example. Similarly, the Khaliq example we said before, Allah has always been Al-Khaliq. Even before the creation was created, Allah is Al-Khaliq. He is the one with the attribute of creating even before the creation came into existence. So that is an important point to remember regarding the attributes of perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then also, وَكَمَا أَنَّهُ مُحْيِ الْمَوْتَى بَعْدَمَا أَحْيَا إِسْتَحَقَّ هَذَا الْإِسْمْ قَبْلَ إِحْيَائِهِمْ 
كذلك استحق اسم الخالق قبل انشائهم here's a good example something more to the future to understand we say allah is al muhyi al mumit al muhyi al mumit the one who gives life and death the one who gives life and death and part of that means the one who resurrects has the resurrection happened yet That resurrection is going to happen on the day of resurrection. But now can we still say Allah is Al-Muhyi, the one who brings back to life? Now still, you're not going to say that name isn't applicable until the resurrection occurs and Allah actually does that. Rather the name is applicable to Allah, the attribute is applicable to Allah. The attributes, the perfection are always with Allah. Even before that occurs, even before the resurrection occurs, So even before Allah brings them back to life he is still the one who brings back to life he is still the one who is al-muhyi the one who gives life so that is the point being made here wa dhalika bi annahu ala kulli shay'in qadir wa kullu shay'in ilayhi faqir wa kullu amrin alayhi yasir la yahtaju ila shay'in laysa kamithlihi shay' wa huwa sami' al-basir and that is because Every single thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of. Every single thing Allah is capable of. So even before the creation was created, Allah had the attribute and was capable of creating. Absolutely. Now Allah has the all ability to bring back to life and to resurrect even though the day of resurrection hasn't happened yet. Allah has all ability, all power, might and majesty, all capability of everything always. Wa kullu shay'in ilayhi faqir and everything is in need of him. Everything is in poverty before Allah. Everything is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa kullu amrin alayhi yasir and everything for Allah is easy. كل أمر عليه يسير. Everything is easy for Allah. لا يحتاج إلى شيء. He does not need anything. ليس كمثله شيء. There is nothing like unto him. وهو السميع البصير. And he is the all hearing and the all seeing. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi says here, ذلك إشارة إلى ثبوت صفاته في الأزل قبل خلقه. Again he says, the fact that We are saying that Al-Imam Al-Tahawi is saying that Allah has absolute ability over everything always. That's an indication to the point that Allah has always had the attributes of perfection and completion. Allah has always had the attribute of creation, of giving life, bringing back the life, even if the creation hadn't been created yet or the resurrection hasn't occurred yet. The fact that Allah is all capable indicating that he's always had those attributes of perfection wal kalam na'am wa qad harrafat al mu'tazila al ma'na al mafhum min qawli ta'ala wallahu ala kulli shay'in qadir qalu innahu qadir ala kulli ma huwa maqdur lah wa amma nafsu af'ala al 'ibad fala yaqdir 'alayha 'indahum wa tanaza'u wa tanaza'u hal yaqdir 'ala mithliha am la walaw kana al ma'na 'ala ma qalu lakana hadha bi manzilatin yuqal huwa 'alim bi kulli ma ya'lamu وخالق لكل ما يخلقه ونحو ذلك من العبارات التي لا فائدة فيها فسلبوا صفة كمال قدرته على كل شيء. Here he tells you about the people of innovation. 
Some of the people of innovation, they have strange types of phrases they use, philosophical phrases they use. They say things like, Allah is all capable of everything that He is capable of. Allah is all capable of everything that He is capable of. What is that supposed to mean? Allah is all capable on what He is capable of. So are you saying Allah is all capable on what He is capable of, but not capable on something that He's not capable of? It's philosophical type of speech going around in circles that doesn't make any much sense. It's like when the mushrikeen used to make hajj. The mushrikun when they used to make hajj before the prophethood and the, 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 the revelation came, mushrikun used to make hajj and they used to do things upon shirk. They used to go do tawaf naked and all these things. When they used to go make hajj, they used to do talbiyah, labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. But how did they used to do it? They used to go and do talbiyah, labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik, la sharika laka labbaik. They used to do all that. Then they used to add a line as well after that. Labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik, la sharika laka labbaik. Illa sharikun huwa lak, tamliku huwa ma malakak. That was their talbiyah. لبيك اللهم لبيك لبيك لا شريك لك لبيك لا شريك no partners توحيد but then they used to add no partners for you upon توحيد except for a partner that you may have but you control him he doesn't control you they used to add this onto their talbiyah they used to add that line on when they were doing their so called hajj which was upon their ways of shirk and everything they used to do and they used to do tawaf naked and all types of things so these are the kinds of phrases you find from the philosophers, all types of roundabout speech that doesn't, it's impossible to try and work out and get your head around what they're trying to say. The way of Ahlul Sunnah is simple. Allah has always had His attributes of perfection. Allah is all capable of everything. Nothing weakens Allah as we said before. Nothing is outside of the grasp of Allah as we said before. Simple, simple points of aqidah. You don't need to go into Allah is capable of Whatever he is capable of. So meaning he's not capable of what he's not capable of then? All types of philosophy that they bring in to back up their aqidah of falseness. أَمَّا أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ As for أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ Ibn Abi Alayhi Zal-Hanafi says, فَعِنْدَهُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Then simply أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ say, Allah is capable of everything. وَكُلُّ مُمْكِنْ فَهُوَ مُنْدَرِجْ فِي هَذَا أَمَّا الْمُحَالِ لِذَاتِهِ مِثْلِ كَوْنِ شَيْءٍ وَاحِدٍ مَوْجُودٍ مَعْدُومًا فِي حَالٍ وَاحِدًا فَهَذَا لَحَقِيقَةَ لَهُ وَلَا يُتَصَوَّرْ وُجُودُهُ See now the philosophers they start coming up with all these types of things which have no real basis to them. They have no real basis to them. They'll say can this table be here and not be here at the same time? Things like that. Can the table be here and not be here at the same time? Can it? It's something which for us in our concepts of nature is impossible. You can't be and not be at the same time. It's one or the other. Either it's there or it's not there. Can it be and can it not be at the same time? So then they'll start saying, okay, so can Allah do that kind of stuff then? Can Something be and not be at the same time. Ahlul Sunnah say, what are you talking about? Why are you talking about these issues? Why do you have to bring up this type of philosophy? The table is there, it's there. It's not there, it's not there. 
Why are you going into philosophy? Okay, but can Allah make it there and not there at the same time? And all of these types of speech they bring about, and that's why they went so far astray. That's why the groups of innovation went so far astray, because they'll sit there thinking, okay, so can it be, can it not be? And they'll do a full lesson talking about can it be and can it not be? Can it be there and can it not be there at the same time? Full lesson about that. Ahlul Sunnah, simple statements. Allah is capable of everything. You don't need to go into philosophy of, of, of things which us in nature, we don't understand or, or we don't see a, a possibility of occurring. But then can Allah do this and can Allah do that? And that's why these people of innovation go astray. They start talking about things that have no sense and they don't show you anything in aqidah. Aqidah, simple, Ibn Abi Izz al-Hanafi tells you, Allah is capable of everything. Allah is the Almighty, the, the, the Mighty, the Majestic, the Powerful. He is the one who has the ability over everything. So this is one of the basis of Iman in fact. One of the basic points of Iman, the Rububiyyah of Allah. That Allah is the Rabb of everything, the Controller, the King, the One, all capable of everything. Then... Al-Imam Al-Tahawi continues beyond that. And the next statement he makes is, خَلَقَ الْخَلْقَ بِعِلْمِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the creation with His knowledge, upon His knowledge. خَلَقَ meaning He created, He produced, he decreed, يعني, abda'a, abda'a, wa ansha'a, that Allah created all of this upon knowledge. If you look at the decree and the belief in the decree, then part of that belief in the decree that Allah knows and did all of this decree is Allah's all-encompassing knowledge. Allah knows the past, the present, the future, and even things that never happen. If they were supposedly going to happen, Allah knows how they would happen. Everything which happened in the past, everything which is happening in the present, everything which is going to happen in the future, Allah knows. What about things that never happened? Things that never happened. Had they have happened, supposing, then Allah knows hypothetically those situations, how they would have played out. And they never even happened. So it's not just the actual events of the past that Allah knows of, and the actual events of the present, and the actual events of the future, even events that don't exist, they didn't happen. Had they have happened, supposing, then Allah knows how it would have happened and what would have happened. So there's not just past, present and future, it's past, present and future, and even the hypothetical, Allah knows exactly what would have happened if those hypothetical scenarios had played out. So here he says, Allah created everything upon that complete knowledge of everything. Uh, Allah created the creation with knowledge of all of that creation, upon knowledge of all of that creation. And that's why in the Quran, Allah tells us, وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّهُ That indeed Allah has the keys to the unseen. Allah has the keys to the unseen. Nobody knows that unseen except Him. 
يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ Allah knows what is upon the land and what is within the sea. وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا And there is not a single leaf that falls off any tree except that he knows. That is an example the scholars they highlight. They say if you think about the number of trees in the world, think about Leeds, how many trees there are in Leeds, and how many leaves there are on all of those trees, already into thousands and thousands. Then the UK, how many trees are there all together in the UK with the forests in certain parts and everything else? Millions now. How many leaves on all of those trees in the UK? Millions times millions. Then Europe, then the world, you're talking not billions, trillions. Trillions of leaves we're talking about too, not just the trees. There's billions and trillions of trees on the face of the earth, but then times that by more billions because every tree has a few hundred leaves on it. Every single leaf on the face of the earth, anywhere, anywhere on the face of the earth, a leaf falls off a given tree anywhere in the world, in the middle of the Amazon rainforest where nobody has stepped foot, then Allah knows exactly which leaf has fallen off which tree, on which place, at which time, how long it flutters in the air, and on which place on the ground exactly it lands. Not a single leaf falls except that Allah knows. وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ وَلَا رَطْبٍ وَلَا يَابِسٍ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُبِينٍ وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا جَرَحْتُمْ بِالنَّهَارِ ثُمَّ يَبْعَثُكُمْ فِيهِ لِيُقْضَى أَجَلٌ مُسَمَّى ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ These ayat where Allah tells you about the knowledge He has over everything and what you do and your actions and then the appointed time of death that comes to you. Everything Allah is aware of it, you will return to Him. إِلَيْهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ To him you will return, ثُمَّ يُنَبِّئُكُمْ Then he will inform you, بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Of what you used to do. You will then be informed of what you used to do, when you return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is like in many ayat of the Qur'an, it tells you about that situation that will occur. So then it tells you here, Allah created all of this creation upon his knowledge. And then also, قَدَّرَ لَهُمْ أَقْدَارًا Allah created all of this creation and then decreed what is going to happen everywhere. Decreed what's going to happen to you in your life, you and you and you. Decreed what's going to happen everywhere, here, there, that place, this place. Allah created it all and then decreed everything that is to occur upon this creation. Everything that will occur within this creation, قَدَّرَ لَهُمْ أَقْدَارًا And that is mentioned in the Qur'an also, وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا That Allah created everything and then decreed for it its decree. Decreed for it its decree. In another ayah, إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقَنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ that indeed we created everything upon decree. All of it created upon decree. وَكَانَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ قَدَرًا مَقْدُورًا And everything Allah does is decreed upon that decree. And الَّذِي خَلَقَ فَسَوَّى وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَهَدَى 
the one who created and then perfected it, and the one who decreed, uh, placed the decree upon that all. In the famous hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr, radiyallahu anhuma, famous hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ مَقَادِيرَ الْخَلْقِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ بِخَمْسِينَ أَلْفَ سَنَةِ وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ That Allah decreed the decree for everything in creation before creating the heavens and the earth by 50,000 years. Before the creation came into existence. Before the heavens and the earth were created, by 50,000 years before that, already Allah had decreed everything that is going to occur. Allah had decreed all of that which is to occur. And there's another a narration like this, where it talks about when Allah created the pen. When Allah created the pen, Allah said to the pen, write. قَالَ مَا أَكْتُبْ The pen said, what shall I write? قَالْ أُكْتُبْ كُلَّ مَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Write everything that is going to occur up until the day of judgment. Write everything that is going to take place. So then all of that decree was written. Everything that is going to occur. Your lifespan and what's going to happen in your lives. As we've been told, all of that has been written and decreed. And then it's written again when the angel comes and writes your decree when you're still in the womb of your mother. The angel is commanded to write down four things when you're still in the womb of your mother. One of them is your provisions you're going to have during your lifetime, your sustenance, your provisions, your lifespan, and when death will come to you, everything is decreed. And that's why, like we spoke about briefly before, there is not a single person except that Allah knows whether that person, his place is in paradise or hell. But it's now up to us to always make those decisions upon the choice Allah has given us of righteousness and obedience to attempt to make sure that we end up in that place in paradise. So that is uh, regarding Allah having created everything and decreed them with that decree. Then also he mentions regarding the life spans. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, decreed or appointed a set lifespan for every individual. A set lifespan for every individual. And that is something which cannot be moved, it's not going to be delayed, it's not going to be brought forth. Just because somebody is young, their lifespan won't be delayed and made longer, and death won't delay. Just because somebody is old on the other hand, doesn't mean that the death will come soon. It will stay and wait until the appointed time arrives. And that is as Allah mentioned, or as Imam Tahawi says, وَضَرَبَ لَهُمْ آجَالًا that Allah has decreed upon them their lifespans. In the Quran it mentions, إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ When their time span comes, their death comes, then it will not be delayed, nor will it come early. It will come at its appointed time. 
That's where we'll leave it for today. We'll round off on that point for today. We'll pick it up from this section regarding the lifespans and death and the appointment of death for every individual. We'll pick it up from that point next week, inshaAllah ta'ala, at approximately the same time, 7 p.m. We'll conclude upon that for today then. The prayer time is in. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Any questions or anything up to that? In that case, leave it there. Next week, 7 o'clock then, inshallah.